the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Colorado Issues. I'm your host, David Van Zetter. Our focus today is on a health threat that many of us overlook. We're talking about strokes, and the numbers may surprise you. Somewhere around 800,000 people in the U.S. will have a stroke this year, and there are more than 7 million adult stroke survivors in the U.S. alone. Virtually every 40 seconds, someone will experience a stroke, and every four minutes, someone is going to die from a stroke. This makes it the fifth leading cause of death in the U.S., and strokes can impact anyone at any time, including infants, children, and young adults. And this subject is personal to me because when I was 16, I lost my mom to a stroke. She was just 52 years old. May is National Stroke Awareness Month. So who better to join me in studio today than Aurora Quigley from the National Stroke Association. Aurora, welcome. Thank you. So these these numbers are probably startling to most people. Tell me, is there any good news? The good news is that stroke survivors are resilient people and really inspiring, and they they keep on fighting. And getting to witness them at an event like our Comeback Trail is really inspiring. We're going to talk about the Comeback Trail in a minute, but what I'd like to know, as an association, Mm -hmm. what's the latest on research? So is Mm -hmm. there hope for these people medically where, you know, it used to be pretty pretty cut and dry. There was not much you could do. Where are we now? It seems like there have been some advances, right? Uh, Absolutely. There's recently been studies just actually this year that were announced at the annual International Stroke Conference where they discussed the extended window for treatment for strokes using a procedure called mechanical thrombectomy where they can remove a clot when when that's the cause of a stroke. Previously, I think the window was up to about eight hours and it's now extended up to 24 hours. That gives a lot of people a little extra time to get in to uh, have treatment for a stroke. With that said, of course, the quicker you can get in, the better because time is brain and the longer you take to get in for treatment, the likelihood of your outcomes being as good decrease. Of course, we uh, let, let make that very clear. Mm-hmm. If you're having symptoms and you think it could be a stroke, I mean, don't hesitate. You call Absolutely. 911 right away and get to the hospital. That first hour really is what I understand is, is more critical and there's more they can do later. But if you catch it in that first hour, your chances of having a, a good outcome comparatively are better. Is that correct? Absolutely. You want We always use the FAST acronym as our messaging to try to encourage people to take action quickly. Face, arms, speech, time, FAST is what you're going to be looking for to try to see what you need to recognize and be able to act quickly, get that treatment you need. If you want, I'd be happy to walk you through what those each mean a little bit more. I am prepared. Oh, okay. Uh, may I? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So the acronym is FAST. Uh-huh. F is for face. Looking for a crooked smile or one side of the face droops. Right. A is for arm. You can't raise an arm when asked. S is for speech. The speech is slurred or incoherent, more than my usual (laughs) incoherent speech. And then T is for time. The stroke is an emergency. Call 911. Absolutely. Uh, One of the terms that I picked up actually when I first started working for the National Stroke Association was the term brain attack. And it kind of helped register in my brain that a stroke is just as 
urgent as a heart attack. Everybody knows if you have a heart attack, you're going to be calling 911 and seek emergency treatment. But a lot of people think, oh, I'm having a really intense headache, or maybe they're thinking they're seeing some of these symptoms, but they're just going to go lay down and take a nap instead. That's just the most heartbreaking thing to hear when we hear these stories from survivors or family members of somebody who's lost someone to a stroke because they didn't seek the treatment that they could have in order to receive that emergency treatment that could have made a massive difference in their life. Let's talk about the risk factors. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, I think people are, are, are probably surprised to hear some of the, the things that they may be carrying around physically are big contributors to stroke, so they should be aware of that. Oh, absolutely. There's a statistic out there that says, uh, I want to say 90% of strokes are caused by 10 modifiable risk factors. The top 10 are hypertension, physical inactivity, lipids or blood fats, poor diet, obesity, smoking, heart causes heart disease, that sort of thing, alcohol, stress, and diabetes. And the diabetes is, is an epidemic unto itself. Correct. And so I'm, I imagine that a lot of people just raised their eyebrows when they heard this. You know, I've got a list of those that you just read. There are percentages. Mm-hmm. The, the, how, how much stroke could be reduced if each were eliminated. So we're talking about hypertension. Almost 50% of strokes would be eliminated if you get your hypertension under control. And that's high blood pressure for those who aren't sure. Physical inactivity. <laughs> Guilty. That's, that's, I mean, if, you don't, if you're not moving and getting some level of exercise, your risk factor is 35 almost 36% higher. It, it's it's amazing what making a few small changes can do to reduce your risk for stroke. Right. And again, we're going to go back to the comeback trail. That's part of that. That speaks to that, but we'll, we'll mm-hmm. get to it in a second. So lipids or high cholesterol, mm-hmm. uh, almost 27% higher risk factor. So there's there's treatment for that. There's the statins and other, other medications that can keep that under control. Poor diet, I can't help you with people. You know, <laughs> I know I, I'm guilty too, and, and you know, but you got to think about what you're eating and the older you get, the more that's relevant. Right. And then it speaks to the next item on the list. Well, poor diet, was your risk factor is about 23% higher. <laughs> next on the list, which speaks to the first one I just read, is obesity. You know, again, exercise, diet, and if you've got poor genetics, like some of us are cursed with it, like me, you know, you got to work that much harder and, and keep it down. That's 18, almost 19% of a higher risk factor for obesity. A big one here, smoking. Right. I quit 20 four years ago. So congratulations. You know, thank you. And you know, I'm one of those militant non-smokers. I can smell if you're smoking in a car, <laughs> three people ahead of me, I know you're smoking out there. <laughs> that's a 12% uh, increase in risk factor. And then just a general, you know, heart conditions, that's going to be obvious. That's about uh, 9%. Alcohol intake, that's about 6% of, a, of an increase in factors and stress. So we all have stress. Right. You know, my God bless my wife. She's a middle school teacher. Oh, goodness. So I'm looking at that number going, it's probably a little higher for middle school teachers out there. <laughs> and then again, we, we talked about diabetes, and that's that's another big factor. It's not like these aren't unknown. These are unknown to people. So they're, right. you know, it, it's staring us in the face, and we have some control over what happens. Uh, is there an educational component to the, the National Stroke Association? Do you help people learn about these things? Absolutely. Um, my role is actually a senior manager of or awareness and professional programs, and and so um, each year we have our National Stroke Awareness Month, which is the month of May. And uh, we have a big campaign that we try to get people involved and just provide a little bit of extra education about stroke, bring it to the forefront so people realize that these are things, all of these risk factors that we, you just went through are things we talk about on a daily basis in our society. Yet it's because we talk about it so much that so many people are either overwhelmed with what they w- they feel like they need to do in order to reduce their risk or they don't necessarily take the action that they very easily could. And we're not saying 
go from being obese to be a healthy weight overnight because everybody knows that that's just not a possibility. We want you to be proactive and maybe take a couple extra steps a day. We have the event, like I mentioned, the Comeback Trail. But this year with the National Stroke Awareness Month, we have a step challenge that we're inviting people to participate in. And everybody that participates in that step challenge, if you get 155,000 steps throughout the course of the month, then you will be eligible for one of our, we're giving away $25 Amazon gift cards. You'll be eligible to win one of those. And with that, Just, you could buy a healthy cookbook. There you go. See? Or, or something that you could, like a fun kitchen tool to help you to uh, help you cook those healthy meals. That's right. Well, let's go back to the comeback trail because mm-hmm. the, that ties into being healthy. Tell us about this event. It sounds like a lot of fun, too. Oh, it absolutely is. Last year was the first year I got to participate in it. Watching people come across the finish line, be it somebody racing for their best time. Uh, We had a, I think our second finisher last year was a dad pushing his two little kids in a stroller. And it was just impressive to see him cross the finish line in the speed that he did. But we also have stroke survivors that come out and will either challenge themselves to walk the entire 5k or just challenge themselves to walk our survivor loop. It's a shorter track. Watching everybody set these individual goals for themselves coming back from a stroke or honoring somebody that they love that has had a stroke. And the positivity that surrounds the event is just inspiring and motivating to continue making health improvements for everybody that, that's there to help reduce their risk for stroke. And when is that happening? Sunday, May 6th. It's going to be at Hudson Gardens in Littleton, uh, right off of Santa Fe. It's it's a really great location. We're hoping for good weather. And it's a really fun and inspiring event. There's a, a couple of different times that you can show up. We have a timed 5K if you're a competitive runner and you want to check yourself, see how fast you can finish it. Registration for that begins at 7 a.m. with an 8 a.m. start. But if you just want to get out there and walk and have a enjoy yourself and do a fun run, registration for that begins at 8 o'clock in the morning and we'll have an opening cer- ceremony at 9 a.m. Either option is really going to be a fun time and it's a free event. We're not charging anybody anything for admission to participate. We, of course, would encourage donations, but by no means is that required. And it says here in my paperwork that you can pre-register at comebacktrail.org. That is correct. And again, it's free to register. It's May the 6th. Let me just recap all this for you so we have it all in a nice little package. Perfect. It's the third annual Comeback Trail. It's a timed 5K run. Registration is at 7 a.m. and starts at 8 And there's a walk and fun run. Registration is at 8 and opening ceremony is at 9. Then you're expecting about 500 people this year. Is that right? Hopefully you can exceed that. Oh, that would be great. Uh, It includes a timed 5K as well as a walk and fun run and and a 1K course for those who are not able to compete in the full 5K. And it's open to everyone, right? Families, children, stroke survivors, anyone who's been touched by a stroke. Absolutely. And then, of course, the best part, there's a post-race celebration with apparently a lot of local and national sponsors. You know, we have some, some information that I see about stroke prevention, some recovery services and devices, and, and more. So this is awesome. And this is kind of your lead-in to National Stroke Awareness Month. What's going on during that month? Is there anything interesting that we should know about? Yeah, so we have several different components that we are uh, sharing with the nation as a whole this year. One piece, kind of our cornerstone piece, is our video that we've worked together with UC Health to collaborate and develop this year. And we walk people through what it what it's like to experience a stroke. So from the moment you feel like you have the symptom, calling 911, EMS showing up at your door, doing their initial assessment, 
the assessment in the hospital with the doctor and the initial treatment. Stroke, really any medical emergency is a very scary thing. Being able to maybe help pull back the curtain and make it just a little bit less scary so maybe somebody would call 911 when they're seeing those stroke symptoms is what we're trying to encourage this year. So we have that video that's a short video to share a lot of information on on how to spot a stroke and what happens. But that's something that we definitely want to get out there, just educational piece. But like I mentioned before, we have the step challenge that we're inviting people to participate in, get active, Um, not even asking you to do 10,000 steps a day unless you really want to, but just for... 9,500 is my limit. (laughs) But really any movement you can make is going to help you just a little bit. But we have, so we have the step challenge. We have a health pledge this year as well. So we're encouraging people to make one small change, whatever change they want that to be. I think we have a few different options like improving your diet, increasing your physical activity if you're a smoker, quitting smoking, uh, where you fill out the information on online and you kind of let us know exactly why you're doing it and when you're doing it, how you're doing it with the options available. And you provide us your email address. We'll follow up with you in three months and say, hey, how are things going? See if we can help you in any way, provide you with additional resources, that sort of thing. But we also have our we're participating with uh, using the platform Thunderclap this year to push out a social media message about those 10 risk factors that we've talked about and just trying to raise awareness. So people who sign up to participate with us on that, they can use their Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr accounts. And on May 23rd, we will send out the set message or raising awareness about stroke via all those uh, social media platforms. And hopefully we'll be able to make a, a big sound effect, if you will, with, uh, with all of the people that are going to ha- sign up and, and have that message shared. And that's a really easy way to get involved because it's social media. Everybody's pretty much on it every day in some way, shape, or form, it seems Guilty. like. <laughs> but we also have a really wide variety of resources available. If you're interested in getting involved but you're not quite sure how, we have a decision-making tool that would help you figure out how much time you have to offer and, and what the options are that we have readily available for you. Got some sample social media posts. If you want to do your own messaging on social media, we've got images you can share. If you're really motivated and you want to go out in your community, maybe talk to your community service group or your church friends or whoever else you have and teach them about stroke. We've got some presentations all ready to go. You just have to put it on a screen in front of your friends and, and walk them through it. So that's very important. So if you're out there listening to this and you, and you want to do uh, a stroke awareness event, mm-hmm. reach out to the National Association. They've got, obviously, all kinds of material and will help you set up that program. And I can't think of a, a more important thing than your health, which lets me segue into the next question for you. So I want to go back to the, to the technical side of the strokes. I mean, are, are you seeing, is there a genetic component to this? Or are the risk factors strictly just your your lifestyle? There are definitely a wide variety of risk factors. We like to focus on the ones that people can control, obviously, because that empowers people to make changes and, and live the best, healthiest life they can. There there are some some strokes that can have genetic uh, risk factor causes, but but like I said, we, we, we tend to focus on what we can do to empower individuals to make those changes. And unfortunately, you can't change your genes. You can't change how old you are. But the the things that you can do to help reduce your risk and make things as good of a potential outcome for you health-wise, whether it be a 
avoiding a first stroke ever, or if, you, if you've had a stroke and preventing that second stroke. One of the biggest things that we can try to do on that front, if, if maybe somebody has had a stroke, or if they, even if they haven't, if, if you have high blood pressure or diabetes or AFib, atrial fibrillation, take your medication as your doctor prescribes and just simply making sure that you follow those medical recommendations. You can't unhave AFib but you can take your medication to help reduce that risk of stroke from it. So let's let's go back to, let's say somebody has already had a stroke. Uh, what kind of services does the association provide for them? Excellent question. Uh, we have, first, we have our helpline. So if somebody's had a stroke and is looking for what resources are available in their local community, we have a team of volunteers that answer calls, help people either get connected to their local resources or direct them to whatever we may have available. Um, We offer a lot of educational materials like brochures. Um, Pretty much everything we have is something that can be downloadable for free from our website. So you can learn about maybe the type of stroke you've had or your loved one has had. We also have our care living network, which is specifically for caregivers, because the stroke survivor has their own set of challenges, and it that can be a very challenging moment in their life to to try to recover whatever may have been lost with the stroke. But it's also very challenging and, and can be very draining on the uh, caregivers. So with uh, care living, we offer a support network for the um, for the caregivers where they can get support from other caregivers maybe who have gone through the exact same struggles they might be having um, and and find find some some camaraderie and support there and no question that this is a life-changing event if somebody close to you has a stroke so Absolutely. if you're that caregiver your world is going to change and so this is this is a great tool to get you you know as efficient as possible and try to get you back to your life uh, with the new reality that you're facing. Right, figuring out what that new normal looks like and, and what adjustments might need to be made long-term or what's going to be changing short-term that could potentially go back to, to normal, um, the pre-stroke normal. Um, but focusing on uh, providing the stroke survivors and the caregivers all of the resources that we have available is one of the things that we really um, – are proud of that we do as an organization. Uh, we also have a registration of so, uh, stroke support groups. So if you're wanting to try to find a local support group to be able to get involved with, we have a, a great listing and we're adding new support groups on a regular basis. So let me, let me ask you this question. Uh, is there a, a medical education component? So healthcare professionals, are they engaging uh, your association and, and, and what are you doing with them? Absolutely. Uh, that's actually part of my job. Um, I, I coordinate um, our CME or CE, uh, continuing medical education, continuing education programs that we offer. We actually just had a three-part webinar series on that extended window for neurothrombectomies uh, with stroke treatment. Um, those are programs that we offer for free for medical providers. They're available on demand, um, and so provi- providers can get that education that they need, and we can provide that um, the most recent information that's available. So if you're a healthcare professional, and you're not, this is not necessarily your area, but you're interested in learning more about it, maybe just as a, as a, um, a stopgap measure for your own patients, how do they reach out to you? Um, they can go to our website, uh, which is www.stroke.org, and uh, we have our healthcare professional tab with information, uh, but also... Carry on. 
Also, if, if they're interested in learning about exactly what programs we have available, I am happy to uh, send them direct links, and uh, they can feel free to email me at aquigley at stroke.org. That's A-Q-U-I-G-L-E-Y at stroke.org. Exactly. Okay. I was just a lucky guest. <laughs> I want to make sure that was correct. So, And, and uh, moving forward in, in the areas of research, what's going on on that front? As an organization, we don't do a, um, research uh, so much. We focus on um, that patient connection, the education for the population as a whole, stroke survivors, uh, stroke uh, survivor caregivers. Um, the American uh, Stroke Association uh, partners with the American Heart Association, and they are really good at doing the research that they do. So since they do it so well, we don't tend to infringe on that. We we let them do what they do, and then we push out um, that information to the providers, to the stroke survivors and their families. Tell me what some of the more current therapies that are being offered, what are the advances in stroke treatment look like? What do they look like today? There's the devices that will retrieve those clots that might be causing a stroke and that extended window to use those. That's probably the biggest thing, the buzziest conversation that's happening in the world of stroke right now. But there's also a really wide variety of technologies that are available for stroke survivors in their therapies to recover from the stroke. There are devices that are available to help make sure if you've, you have experienced foot drop, which kind of inhibits regular mobility, those devices help lift the foot each time the person takes a step forward so they can have that independence and that mobility that maybe they would have lost otherwise. There's a variety of resources that help stimulate the stroke survivor's brain and help them relearn vocabulary or just recreate those neural pathways to help. Motor help. skills. Exactly. Right. So Aurora, let's do a quick recap because we're running out of time about the events that are coming up, National Stroke Awareness Month, and how the people can engage in those. Absolutely. So definitely forefront for local Coloradans is the comeback trail that's happening on May 6th. But the entire month of May is National Stroke Awareness Month. And we have wide variety of resources for people to be able to utilize, access, and engage with. Help us spread the word about stroke and maybe you can help save somebody's life or even your own because you've helped educate folks about stroke. What's the website, the main website? The main website is www.stroke.org. And if you are wanting to register in advance for the Comeback Trail, that's www.comebacktrail.org. Dot org. So, Aurora, is there a uh, also a phone contact? Absolutely. It's 1-800-787-6537. Outstanding. So we've got, just, just to recap, so we've got National Stroke Awareness Month is the month of May. We've got the Comeback Trail, which is the 5K and some other events going on. Highly recommend that. Uh, that's coming up on Sunday, the, the 6th of May. Aurora, I appreciate everything you guys do. I appreciate you spending time with me today. Well, thank you. Uh, My pleasure. So for Colorado Issues, I'm David Van Zetter. We'll see you next time.